Hey, hey, skinny peeps. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. I am so glad you have tuned in today. Today is April 15th, 2020. My name is Bevan Caramello, and I am the founder of this podcast ministry. It is a great joy and privilege of mine to be here with you and to be teaching today from the book of 2 Corinthians. We are looking specifically at chapter four in our current series called Treasure Chests. And in our last episode, we focused primarily on verses one through six. Today, we are going to be focusing on verses seven through 12. And I think um, you're going to see, as I did, as I was preparing for this episode, that these specific verses in this chapter are so fitting for what our world is walking through right now with COVID-19, this coronavirus that has just, it's its just sweeping the world right now. Um, and the verses we are focusing on today talk a lot about suffering. And as Christians, how we are supposed to respond and believe and walk in suffering. Okay, so let's get started. Second Corinthians chapter four. Um, like I said, we're going to be looking primarily at verses seven through twelve. That's where I'm going to uh, start today. But I want to go ahead and uh, rewind one verse and start us in verse six. Okay, and then I will go through twelve. So. Here we go. If you've got your Bibles with you, open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. All right, that was through verse 12. Let's stop right there. Did you guys hear those words that Paul was speaking, talking about suffering as we think about this treasure that he's placed inside of us, right? We talked about last week. We are his holy vessels, just fragile clay pots. And Paul says, we're hard pressed. We are hard pressed. This treasure inside of us. Hard pressed, meaning we are uncomfortable, right? The pressure is on. But he says, but we're not crushed. Uncomfortable does not mean that we are demolished. We have got to stop thinking that being uncomfortable is always a bad thing. Remember, if God has allowed it, 
to get to us, it is for our good. So much of, of this is based on our perspective. When we are just seeking comfort over what God is putting in our lives or allowing to be placed in our lives in pursuit of holiness, right? This difference in perspective, happiness versus holiness. Paul says, you're hard-pressed. We're all hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. Being uncomfortable isn't necessarily a bad thing. Paul says that we are persecuted at times. When I think of persecuted, I, I imagine in my this uh, this vision in my mind of being chased down, right? Something coming after you. But we're not abandoned. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Exodus 14, 14 says that God is fighting for us, that we only need to be still. The Lord is with us. We are not abandoned even when we are persecuted. But you guys, being still doesn't mean doing nothing, right? Being still means praying, worshiping. It means we are being, we're focusing our minds on God. We are meditating on his promises. We are trusting. We are hoping. Being still means we are claiming truth. Remember Jesus in the book of Matthew, when he gives us the great commission before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he's with his disciples and he gives us the great commission of going and making disciples of all nations. And then he says, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. He tells his disciples all throughout the gospels that they are going to be persecuted for his sake because they claim Christ. Persecuted, Paul says, but not abandoned. And Jesus said the same thing. I am with you to the very end of the age. These are promises from God. Do you know his promises? Are you claiming them? Have you read them? Paul says we are perplexed. We're perplexed sometimes, aren't we? We just plain and simply, just plain old simple don't know what to do. We're baffled sometimes with everything that we're going through. But then Paul contrasts that, this feeling of being perplexed. He says, but we're not in despair. What does that mean? It means we're not panicking, right? We can feel perplexed and not know what to do and still choose faith over fear, choose not to panic. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, he says that you're going to have to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. When our thoughts want to panic, we've got to take them captive and claim the promises and the truth of the word of God. Paul also says, as he's talking about this, this being hard-pressed, we've got this treasure inside these clay jars, these fragile clay pots, hard-pressed, perplexed. He also says, struck down. At times, 
we are going to be struck down. You guys, we are going to have to take some blows. Ugh, none of us wants that. But we're going to take some blows. But then Paul says, struck down but not destroyed. This won't take us out. Paul says, you're going to be struck down, but it's not going to destroy you. You guys, even death won't take us out. Coronavirus, it won't take us out. What does that mean? Let's think of it from a perspective of suffering. Romans 5 verses 3 through 4 tells us that suffering produces perseverance, right? And then perseverance builds our character and character leads us to hope. I want you guys to think about those four words right now. Write them down if you're taking notes. Suffering perseverance, character, hope. They go in a certain order on purpose. It starts with suffering, which produces perseverance. When we persevere, it builds our character. And with a built character, we learn to have hope. You guys, this is a living hope. A living hope. Paul is not talking about some sort of false hope here, nor is he saying that as Christians, we're going to enjoy suffering. That doesn't make any sense, right? We're human. We don't enjoy suffering. So what's he saying? Paul is saying that as Christians, we trust something bigger. We trust God's good purpose for our lives. We trust that anything that reaches us has first had to pass through his filter. Right? And and though it's not always going to be pleasant, we persevere, not in our own strength, but in his strength, because we believe in his promises. We believe in the promise that this perseverance will build our character. We believe that it's going to make us more like Jesus. And you guys, the more we are like him, the less we're going to cling to this world, the less we're going to cling to the things of this world. And the more hope we're going to have in all that he promises. He promises us eternity with him. That's where our hope comes from. We have the promise of eternity with him. You guys, this is living hope. Living hope. Listen to what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 3 through 7. Listen to what Peter says here. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Then he goes on to say, and into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade. This inheritance, you guys, it says it's kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power. You, that's what he's saying. You, the ones who through faith are shielded by God's power. We are shielded by the power of God. We are kept safe by his power. Then Peter goes on to say, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, gold which perishes even though it's refined by fire, your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You guys, our internal, our eternal inheritance, our eternal inheritance It's waiting for us. It's waiting for us. But then Peter goes on to say, he says, for a little while, you guys, that's here and now. That's all the time that we have on this earth. For a little while. You've got eternity with God. You've got an eternal inheritance waiting for you. But you're going to have to persevere through some trials here and now for a little while. All kinds of trials, Peter says. All kinds of trials. You guys, don't be surprised by them. Don't be surprised by them. Expect them. Jesus told his disciples on more than one occasion, he said, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you'll know. You'll know that it's true. You'll remember that I said these things were going to happen. And, and Peter's, he's, he's saying the same thing here. He's saying, it's, expect these trials. What are these trials doing? Verse 7 says, they are building our faith. These trials are building our faith. We are growing stronger because of the trials God allows into our lives. He is working out our spiritual muscles to strengthen us. You guys, think of your physical muscles, okay? Think of what happens if we don't use them. I want you guys to to picture a person who is bedridden or on bed rest. If they don't use those muscles, they stop working, right? We become weak. Our muscles become apathetic. I mean, if you have surgery, nurses and doctors, they immediately try to get you up and walking around as soon as possible so that you can regain your strength. We don't want to become apathetic, complacent Christians who have not used our muscles. God allows trials into our lives so that we have to work 
out our spiritual muscles. This is building our faith, these trials. We're growing stronger because of them. Okay, so you guys remember, if you listened to the last episode that we're talking through, as we go through 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to talk through five basic things. This is where rubber meets the road. How do we live in, in light of what we're learning through what we're studying? Five basic things. How do we live with this treasure inside? right? In this series called Treasure Chests, we're focusing on the treasure that of the good news, of the gospel that God has placed inside each one of us as his children. And so five tangible things. How do we live with this treasure inside of us? And we, we saw, we talked about in our last episode, as we went through verses one through six, that the, we talked about the first two. First, we pray. That's one of the tangible things we do if we have this treasure inside of us, we pray. We pray for the veil to be lifted from those who are still in darkness, from those who still don't understand the good news of the gospel. We pray for the veil to be lifted from those we love and those that we care about that we know still don't know the Lord. And then we talked about serving, right? Service. What does that look like? We want to serve others so that we look like Jesus. Remember, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, and Judas was still there then. He even washed the feet of Judas, the one he knew was just about to betray him. This is godly service. This is service that looks like Jesus, Jesus who served us to the point of death, even death on a cross. So today, we're going to move on to number three. How do we live with this treasure inside of us? Number three, if you're taking notes today, we surrender. Surrender. Pray, number one. Two, serve. Three, surrender. And you guys, this does not mean we are giving up the fight, okay? That's not the type of surrender we're talking about here. We don't surrender to the enemy that's after us. We don't surrender to the trial. We don't surrender to the persecution. This type of surrender, you guys, we surrender to the one who's holding us in the trial. The one who's holding us in the middle of the persecution. We let him fight for us. We surrender to trying to do things our own way. And we start doing things his way. We stop worrying and we start praying. We stop posting panicked messages and instead we start worshiping the one who always wins. You guys think about that for just a second. Our God always wins, He's never lost. Never in the history of the entire world, the entire universe. The God who created the heavens, every star, knows every name of every star, created the planets, all the way down to the earthworm and the ant and the sparrow. This is a mighty God who is in every detail of his creation, every detail of your life. 
and he's never lost. His word never returns empty. It goes out and it accomplishes every single thing it's ever set out to do. You guys, this is our God, our Abba Father. He accomplishes every single good work that he starts. He always wins. We stop being afraid, and instead we start claiming his promises. This is, this is surrender. This is the godly surrender we're talking about today. We're, we stop being afraid. And instead, we start claiming his promises to protect us, claiming his promise to strengthen us. We start claiming his promise that he will be a refuge for his children. You guys, this is godly surrender. We're not throwing in the towel. So does this mean that because God fights for us, that as Christians, none of us are going to get sick right now? Unfortunately, not. No. Remember, trials and persecution are guaranteed. We read about it all through the Word of God. Trials and persecution, all kinds, are guaranteed. And this is the part that we really wrestle with, right? When we get sick. When a loved one gets sick. When our neighbors get COVID-19 or we get cancer or someone we love has a heart attack, when an illness takes someone we love from us, when we are in the middle of the trials and the persecution, that's when we begin to doubt God, right? That's when we begin to doubt his promises. We doubt his goodness. We begin to doubt how a good God could let bad things happen to us. How could a good God let this happen to his child? How could a good God let these things happen to the ones that we love? And this is where fear creeps in, right? And the enemy begins to whisper, and then doubt tries to take over. But you guys, surrendering to God doesn't mean he shields us from every struggle in this world. It doesn't mean that as his children, we are always delivered from the hardship or the sorrow or the sickness. But as his children, it does mean that he is with us through it. He is with us through it. It means we don't have to be afraid of it. We are focused on that eternal inheritance. That one that Peter tells us can never spoil, can never fade. These struggles are temporary. And we have salvation in Jesus Christ. You guys, praise God for the empty tomb. Sunday was Easter, just a couple days ago.
Praise God for the empty tomb, you guys. Resurrection Sunday. Once a year, as people of God, as his church, we get to come together and remember the empty tomb. We get to remember that Jesus conquered death. Listen to what the author of Hebrews tells us about death, tells us about Jesus and his power over death. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, the author says, Since the children have flesh and blood, the children, you guys, that's us, the children of God. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. That's Jesus. He shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. You guys, Jesus died and rose to free all of us, all of God's children, who until then had lived all our lives in fear of death, that slavery of fear. You guys, we... As his children, we are free from the fear of death. Jesus conquered death. We live forever with our Abba Father, the maker of heaven and earth. You guys, godly surrender is the safest place to be. It's the only way to be. It's the only way to live. It's the only way to live free from the fear of death. You guys, we live in Christ. We live. That's the living hope we're talking about today. Hard-pressed, yes, but not crushed. Struck down, sometimes, but not destroyed. Suffering that produces perseverance. This is a promise. You can count on it. God says this suffering, you're going to persevere through it. Not in your own strength, but in mine. And that perseverance is going to build your character. And that character is going to lead you to hope. Hope in me. Hope in that eternal inheritance that I promise you will never perish, will never spoil, will never fade. It's waiting for you when you get here. That is our living hope. Hmm. So good. So good. You guys pray with me. Father God, your word is so good. Your word is alive. It is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, I praise you. We praise you today for the power of your word. We praise you for the living hope that we have in Jesus. 
We thank you, Lord, for eternity and the salvation that is promised to us through faith alone, faith in Christ. So easy, Lord. It's not given to us by any work that we could do so that we could never boast. Just faith in you, covered by your grace, held safely and securely in your love, anchored in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We love you. Lord, I pray for every person listening to this message. I pray, Lord, that your word, as you promise, would go out and not return empty, that it would accomplish what you sent it out to do in every heart that's listening today. Lord, I pray your peace for those who are afraid. I pray your protection for those who are going out and as they're coming in. I pray against the darkness that is trying so hard right now to steal our peace, the peace we can only have in you. I pray for those who are sick. I pray your healing for them. For those who've lost jobs, I pray your provision for them. Lord, may your name be made great. May you get all the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I am so grateful for each one of you. Um, We are united in the power of His Spirit. So although I may not know all your names, I may not be able to picture your faces, I do see your downloads, and they encourage me to keep going. That's been my promise to God from the beginning as He called me to this podcast ministry that as long as he keeps giving me words to speak, I'll keep speaking them. (laughs) But I, I throw them out there and sometimes I never know if they hit, if they land, even though I can claim that they do because he promises that they will because they're his words. Um, but I do see your downloads and they encourage me. And so I just, I claim that truth that we are, regardless of where we are, we are all united through the power of his Holy spirit. And I, um, I saw extra downloads this past week in Germany and in Haiti and in South Africa. So very cool. I just want you to know that I see you and I'm praying for you. Um, I'm lifting all of you up right now. And um, I'll be praying for you and yours. You know I am. Um, Connect with us on Facebook. Just search The Skinny with Jesus and add yourself there. Feel free to add friends and family as well and tag them if you want them to be able to find these messages also. So we will pick it up in verse 13 in our next episode. Until then, like I said, you know I'm praying for you and yours. Bye now.